Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy. My co-host is Steve Walsh. Hello. Uh, this week, we went to the Pudlands Yard biannual open day. Or open weekend, I should say. We spoke to lots of people that have workshops in the yards. And Roger Batchelor, who's literally written the book on Pudlands Yards. We've got four exclusive South London Hardcore badges that are not for sale. The way to get hold of them is by shopping on Amazon. Use the Amazon link on southlondonhardcore.com when you shop on Amazon. When you spend money, you can collect these exclusive badges. So if you go to southlondonhardcore.com, you can see um, we've got one of the SLHC cross, one that says Southland Hardcore, one says Molokisha, and best of all, Owen Pomery's drawing of Louis Peckham. Every time you spend £10 or more on Amazon using the Southland Hardcore link, Drop us an email, southlandhardcore at gmail.com, or you can let us know on facebook.com slash southlandhardcore, or at SLHC on Twitter. Tell us what you've bought with that money, and you'll be eligible to collect one of four badges. Now, you can cheat here by getting people you know to use Amazon. You know, they're going to buy a telly, use Amazon, use our link, tell us, and that's another badge you've got yourself. That's the way to do it, is get your colleagues to do it. Do you do the ordering at work? Or are you friendly with the person who does the ordering at work? Are oh, we just going to get a load of Nespresso's in for uh, for the big guns? Use the Amazon link. They've got Nespresso on Amazon. And you can get yourself a little Mordekeisha badge and support the show in the process. And you can get a shout-out on the show. This week at the Peckham Pelican, the Literary Festival Kitchen is taking place from today, Monday the 16th, all the way through to Sunday the 22nd. On Sunday oh, you're the closing it out, Steve? Yeah, well... You know, how do you follow this? Yeah. On Sunday, the 22nd, between 5 and 6, I'll be hosting a talk with Stephen Appleby, Oscar Zarate, and Ed Hillier, who'll all be talking about their latest books from Self Made Hero. Stephen Appleby, we talked to on the show previously, and he's uh, illustrated The Good Inn with Black Francis and Josh Frank. Oscar Zarate's just finished a book called The Park, and Ed Hillier will be talking about Room for Love. If you go back a few weeks, you're here, Stephen Appleby on Saffron Hardcore. Pullins Yards were built by James Pullins and Son between 1870 and 1901. It's originally 650 flats and four yards, and the idea was to design a space for craftspeople to live and work in. So the idea was you'd have your flat upstairs and your workshop downstairs. Partly demolished after the war, so now there's 360 flats and three yards. It seems like, from the people we spoke to today, that the, the live-work thing isn't happening so much anymore. The flats are private accommodations and the yards are used as workspaces. Reading over the history of the place, saw some, some excellent former inhabitants. There was a firm there that were industrial clog makers for the fire service. Imagine they're gone now. Better technology than clogs. We've moved on. But, I mean, clogs... Wood catches fire, doesn't it? <laughs> this might have been the problem they've uh, they discovered. A company that made ships fans. Right. Again, not not you know not uh, a thing you can do in a workshop anymore now. Probably in a factory. And uh, my favourite firm, J and J Lillycrop, who were furniture restorers to the Inns of Court. So let's hear from some of the people uh, occupying the uh, workshops at the moment. Crafts folk, and then we'll talk about uh, the day we had, Steve. Shall we? 
My name is Leslie Travers. I'm a designer of sets and costumes for opera. Um, I work internationally, so I have projects at the moment that are going on in, or will be going on, in Oslo, uh, Santa Fe in America, um, the Netherlands, and in New York. It's a very exciting uh, video clip you've got going of uh, an event that you designed the set for. Can you tell us about that? Of course. Uh, this time last year, we did a production of Peter Grimes on the beach at Oldborough, um, which was quite a challenge because it was an open-air show, and... And we did it on the shoreline, uh, which is uh, a very challenging environment. Um, the reason we did it there because it was the it was the hundredth centenary of Benjamin Britten's birth, and also he lived and worked in Albury and wrote Peter Grimes there, and the piece is also set there. So it was a wonderful sort of alchemy of sort of time and place and music. So it was a glorious thing to do, um, and we had. We did three performances and uh, dress rehearsal before, and we had nearly 4,000 people at each performance. Um, so it was wonderful. It was a very, it's sort of a short-lived thing, but it was also filmed, so it went out in cinemas a few months later and it's sort of gone to DVD, so it's sort of the memory of it lives on. But um, it was a glorious thing to do. Yeah, it looks remarkable. But, I mean, you, you, just, you look at it and you can see... Uh, sheets flapping in the wind. Yeah, we, it was sort of incredibly detailed because it's about a community of people and uh, their lives and the detail of their lives and there's a central complex character called Peter Grimes who uh, has the... He's, he gets these boy apprentices and sort of they get killed. It's a sort of quite dark story. It's very Benjamin Britten. Um, but actually, the piece is incredibly soulful and, and beautiful, and the music's extraordinary, and his work is always ambiguous and complex. Um, but it just really worked in that environment. Um, each night was very different because the skies changed. You know, so one night it was sort of uh, like a beautiful romantic painted sky, and then the next night it was foggy. It was like doing Gotsdamerung and and the last night was sort of lyrical, and the moon was full, and so it was. It was a joyful, joyful time. How do you find uh, Pulunjal as a place to work from? I absolutely love it here. I came here. It almost feels by chance because nine years ago I, I was just walking using this as a shortcut and then I walked through the fjord and I just thought this is incredible and then I ended up sharing a studio uh, sort of on this street and then I moved here to this particular studio nine years ago I just think it's an incredible place I mean I've lived in uh, all over London I had studios all over London but this is by far the most fantastic um, because of the range of people and the environment itself and where it's located and uh, people love coming here. I have people coming for meetings all over, from all over the world, and they find it really beguiling, you know, and the space quite exciting. Um, which um, it's it's half the job done for me, really. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they come in enchanted. They come in absolutely. By the time they get up onto the mezzanine from the stairs, you know, I've got the job. <laughs> and people like coming back here, and and. And I feel very lucky. Um, you know, I'm in Clement's yard. We're a small little yard, and uh, we all get on extremely well. You know, we're all quite close. You know, when someone leaves and moves on, it's always slightly sad. Um, but then new people come in with new energy and doing different things. And, and I find that really interesting because, um, you know, I do opera design, and uh, we have illustrators here and furniture makers and furniture designers and sonographers and you name it so there's always interesting things to look at and interesting materials and different ways of doing things and I think that sort of 
uh, the other people in the yard there work does rub off on all of us a little bit, and I think um, that's a really one. It's a very fertile environment, and is in a way because we've spent quite a little bit of time this time, sort of planting out some plants in the yard, and just suddenly. Uh, the space feels very buoyant and alive and celebratory, so now it's a wonderful place to be. I'm Ed Hollis, and this is Structure Mode, and we are a, uh, a team of uh, creative structural engineers. Um, and today we've got on display a few of our kind of more sculptural projects. Um, and trying to kind of describe our uh, approaches to these. What is this um, triangular glass? So this is that, that's one of the uh, acrylic modules that we um, we used in the uh, construction of the Luz pyramid, which we uh, built at Secret Garden Party Festival last year, and is um, it's going to be taken to the Burning Man Festival in the Nevada Desert next at the end of this summer. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, How many of those would go up into the entire structure? So that's pretty big in of itself. I know, I know. And so we've got each of the elements themselves is is can be handled by one person. It's like enough. But then the idea of it is because uh, it's obviously in the middle of a festival. It's quite hard to bring big elements into. So it's all flat packed, and then we bring it in one by one, and that can be assembled on site. So then. This module of three weighs about 40 kilos, and then we've got about 15 of those on each face. So about, about 45 in total on the whole pyramid. Very impressive. Yeah. Have you worked with Burning Man before, or is this a new...? No, it's the first time, first time we've, we've worked there, but yeah, there's some pretty impressive uh, um, structures going up there. So yeah, we'd love to... to um, we're very excited to go out there this year, and then... Uh, yeah, it'd be great to get something. And these smaller models, are they just like testing structural integrity? Is it like that's uh, that's like um, providing a, a clearer idea of how the system works? So it's called a reciprocal frame. Okay. So that means each element here uh, is supported by its neighbouring so elements. So it all kind of goes in a kind of circular. And this is uh, you can make some quite efficient structures just by using very lightweight elements, which each support each other. I see uh, a geodesic dome over there, kind yes, of Buckminster yeah. Fuller style. Thing. Yeah. Where did you have? Uh, where was that? So that uh, in the top left, that's an aluminium dome. Um, that was built at uh, Glastonbury Festival 2009, um, and that was used as a um, circus venue where you had aerial acrobatics in there. So it's designed to kind of carry all sorts of stuff from the from the ceiling of the dome. Um, so it's not just structuring it itself; it's got to carry weight. On exactly, yeah, right, exactly, right. yeah. And then, and then, uh, since then, it's been um, uh, reused. So it's all been uh, demounted and then taken over to the London Pleasure Gardens for uh, in in um, Pontoon Dock. Right, okay. Uh, Cut that out. <laughs> 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 not Vauxhall. <laughs> and uh, it's been given uh, a tensile fabric uh, over the top, which you can see in the top right there. So that's uh, a bit more of a kind of semi-permanent space. Do you, do you have storage facilities for them, or is the idea just keep them on the road constantly? You don't have to actually worry too <laughs> well, much about where uh, you're going to put them. Not all of our, our structures are um, reused kind of installations or, okay. or festival structures. We do a bit of residential work and things like that, but... Yeah, this one at the moment is flat packed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
and this one is, is still at, at, up in in Bunting Dock. So it's uh, yeah, it depends. But there's obviously like. A but say when when its use is over at Burning yeah, Man, yeah. and it's not necessarily booked in for something else. Yeah. What happens then? It's a good question. <laughs> You'd never. Is it a disposal thing or is it? A, uh, it's a bit uh, I mean, we've we've had quite a few. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone could have their own bespoke book bookshelves and things. But they, uh, no, we've had, we've had a bit of interest in people who would actually like to buy it and have it as a permanent right, yeah, yeah. permanent installation. I think uh, uh, MoMA in, in New York have expressed an interest. So right, they're good. Very exciting, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Obviously, yeah, we don't, it'd be very sad to have it just end its life. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, MoMA's yeah, better. Yeah, much better, exactly. <laughs> don't go with my chuck it away thing. Go, <laughs> go with MoMA. No, no, we'll settle for that, yeah. How long have you been in Pullen's yard? Or which uh, is Pullens, is it? Which one's this? Well, Pullens Yard is, is, is the, the three, yeah. So this yeah. is Peacock Yard, and uh, we've been here for five years. Um, How'd you find it? It's lovely, very vibrant like, area, and it's just obviously a lot of uh, creative industries around here, and it's just a nice place to be, yeah. The website is www.structuremode.com. Uh, hello, I'm Jennifer McDowell and uh, I make laminated wooden bowls and small homewares and I work in Clement's Yard, part of Pullins Yard. And what's the name of your uh, company? Um, I'm called Do Well Design, uh, something nice and positive. <laughs> and also punny. Yes, 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 I do like a pun, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been in Pullins? Uh, so I've been here for about three years. Uh, when I finished university, I used to work for Ian, who um, is the main guy in this workshop. And now me and Torty both sublet from him and have our own benches, and we all work together. So it's, it's great, good fun. Do you sell from here? Or? Yes, we sell twice a year at the open studios. We have one in the summer and one at Christmas. Um, I sell at a few galleries in Surrey, near where I live, um, and I am looking for more across London. Where can someone get that brooch from? Uh, right over there around the corner of the stand, <laughs> or you can um, log on to my website, uh, dowelldesign.co.uk, and there's a shop on there where you can buy straight from me. My name's Gastry Watson. I'm an illustrator. I've been in the... Uh, Peacock Yard for since September last year um, so I do sort of digital um, and some traditional hand-drawn illustrations. Uh, what kind of uh, things do you do illustrations for? So I've um, it's mostly been small projects so I, I'm, I'm sort of more trying to build my portfolio because it's a bit part-time at the minute. Um, I spend a lot of time doing digital uh, design work so uh, yeah, in the city so a lot of web landing pages and email design, um, a- advertising, animation and design. So that sort of thing is my day job and I'm trying. I've built the, uh, some, enough of the portfolio to start marketing, but it just it takes time and uh, I actually have to take some, a break now from my other work, so, um, which is a bit of a decision to make. So, but the, the design work's gone so well, now I can actually schedule it in, but I have to actually stop taking the calls <laughs> it's a dilemma for freelancers yeah you, you've got to pay the bills you've got to pay the want, bills you've got your own projects that you definitely want yeah. to be getting on with but yeah. you get a call and you're like that will cover me for yeah. a few months and i mean if you look at this piece that i put boards up about um you know i do it a lot quicker now but initially that took me 30 hours right so that's a lot of time where you know if it's not a commissioned piece and i'm not getting paid for it it's it's hard to find to work that into a regular schedule a week's work for most yeah, yeah, people. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I can do that probably more like a day now, um, just in 
because that was a piece I did in the old studios that I had in Bow. Um, How'd you find Pullins? I, it's really a lot more friendly and a lot more social. I think it was more of a fine arts studio, so a lot of the artists preferred to be more isolated and were happy with that. And there was also a lot of students. Um, so they were coming and going at very odd hours and you're not necessarily going to meet anyone. Whereas here, it's you can see the, the space itself is much more open and, and there's no, no, no walls and divisions. Um, and also the yard is, is quite friendly and the people are quite friendly and chatty. So although often you only get to go and see them on open studios like today. so Well, you've got work to do. You can't spend all day yapping. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and, you know, I think, it, it, you know, it, obviously it's challenging. You've got to balance the, the sort of working to get the fin- things finished and uh, trying to make connections as well because I think there's a lot of valuable networking and interaction and uh, that happens here. So, Are there still a lot of... Uh sort of artists living on the premises as well that was the original design wasn't it yeah i think i think i think it was uh, originally but i i I think that comes out of the squatting origins of of the of the yards um and then after the negotiation with southern council then you get less of that and more more people coming here and treating it like a workspace and it as a creative initially that's 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 a quite a, a an okay thing but as you move on in your practice, it's better to have that separation between when you're making your art, when you're at home. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I find it it helps. It really helps. And that's why I, I have a, ta- a desk here because I live quite close. But if I try and work at home, it's impossible. Too many distractions. You need that sort of warm-up of the trip to work and a warm-down. Yeah, and just the, the separation. separation. There's only my, well, my working materials here. I can only do... My art here, I can't get distracted. Um, even with the internet, it still doesn't. It's still it's not, not same, enough. A, no. Not enough of a distraction to stop me working. So my website is guthriewatson.com. That's G-U-T-H-R-I-E Watson.com. So we're talking to Roger Batchelor, who wrote the Pullen story, 1879 to present day. I was born here in 1946 when my parents were here. Lived here for 26 years. As a little boy, I occasionally came down to workshops here but I was never involved as a schoolboy here you know and then obviously I'm, I married a local girl in 1972 and moved away we now live in Crawley in West Sussex but a few years ago I woke up one morning and thought you know Roger I knew nothing about the Pullins estate I knew it was run by a, a, the Pullins family but I know nothing more I didn't even know the name of the builder um, so a few years ago I um, wanted to find out about the history and the first people I wrote to were Salad Borough Council because they compulsory purchased the estate in the 1980s and after three months they were very helpful they gave me copies of all the legal documents of the, um, of the sale because um, not only did James Pullen, the builder owned the freehold, he owned the leasehold and over a million pounds was given to the Pullins family but since doing the research there was a squatting and tenants campaign to save the estate because the borough wanted to pull it all down but they pulled that half from Amelia Street to Mother Place down and they, the idea was to pull the rest of it down but there was a big campaign against it from the tenants and the squatter which went on for a few years and they managed to save the rest of the estate 
But I think this is a wonderful estate because it's Victorian, it's over 130 years old, and it's still, as you see it now, hasn't changed much. Um, obviously, when I, when I lived here, we had no bathrooms or showers. You used to wash down in, um, in a tin bath in the front room. This is the second time I've been to the uh, open day. Last time I saw Joe Cornish there. And I think another celebrity, actually, within seconds of each other. No celebrities today, although I was having breakfast next to Chris Morris, but that's another story. So a lot of these things I was seeing for the second time, Steve. Um, we missed out the um, handmade wooden guitars, um, which was up, up the stairs somewhere, which was pretty spectacular. But um, we saw the, most of it. What did you think of the uh, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Nice selection of things. It's, it's one of those things where it's an undesigned and therefore really eclectic mix. It's not people trying to make things eclectic. It just naturally occurs that way. Didn't see the beehive. Looking forward to that, but didn't stumble across it. As an example, someone looking for funding for a film they're trying to put together about rock carving and rock climbing. You know, I'm not stumbling across that. Yeah, in that really. room there were four different... I mean, there's a load of, like, studio spaces where it's different people, like, sharing a space that are not necessarily that linked. But in that one, you've got a guy who's made a film um, about rock climbing and stuff, um, someone who's selling um, mirrors and, like, mirrored wear, mirror wear. Um, the photographer, you probably want to mention, Steve, yeah. before you yeah. do, um, some great cushions and some... Uh, Year 7 artwork on the wall. It was, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. It was 11 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. it's really good, though. Yeah, Casey, wasn't it? It was the photographer. Really nice um, portraits. Yeah. Done in a very particular style. Yeah, it was, was like it a called... a 19th century method. Was of... it called wet plate printing? That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, confusing occasionally going into these spaces. You're looking at architectural work and then trying to talk to someone, but they're actually uh, just doing social media. Yeah, like, oh, uh, these vintage trousers you're selling, where do you... Well, oh, no, actually, I do branding and sell Macca. <laughs> What's great about it, Steve? I don't know if you'll agree with me here. But, you know, sometimes you go to, like, um, like an art show and someone's put a load of, like, sculptures together and it's junk. And, you know, or you'll go to, say, some kind of craft thing or whatever. And, like... You know, you get the impression that people are just there because the table was cheap. Whereas all these places, these are like profitable businesses. And not in a kind of dirty commercial way. Some of them probably. But, you know, it's like these are actually, people are actually good at things. Yeah. And uh, the high end of their field, and they're all doing something in a little corner of Woolworth. And, like, you don't just move in there and, like, it's all like a lovely communal art space. Like, no, you need to pay the rent. Yeah. And, like, we're doing bespoke suits, like, Savile Row quality suits. And then, like, a few doors down, they're doing, like, designer furniture. And then a few doors down from that, you've got jewellery um, that's featuring all over the place. It's a, it's a real high-end stuff, man. And it's something that you would, you'd have no idea was there. Like Leslie Travers was saying, he only was, uh, he was walking past. He was taking a shortcut from Warwick to Kennington or something and next thing you know he's kind of he's got a studio space there for a decade the reason I ever go around Pullen's Yard is to go to the Electric Elephant Cafe which is the best cafe in Woolworth I reckon lovely coffee 
great breakfast. I once had a curry uh, pasty there once, chicken curry pasty. Never seen it there again. That was incredible. And they uh, they do lunch at the Crypt as well in St. Peter's Church. So, you know, I've recommended that probably about six times on the show. Would have been nice to speak to Lou, but, you know, couldn't find her. So. Busy, isn't it? Probably Busy. Busiest two days of the year, isn't it? Thanks for listening. 120 episodes on iTunes and southlandhardcore.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SLHC. Thank you.